Welcome to another episode of Battle of Ballers. So let's start this week by some good news. Uh, United haven't won the Europa League. <laughs> Any yeah. comments? I don't really think that is good news. But anyways, <laughs> uh, we have our sight set on higher targets next year. So, so next League, year is uh, your year. Europa League was good practice. Now begins hopefully the next chapter of <laughs> Sure. So what did you yeah, make out I, this? No, floaters can laugh a lot. But then uh, let's not forget that your team has not played any games for the last few weeks. We haven't even heard the name Liverpool in the last few weeks. So yeah, like, yes, you can continue. There wasn't any games last few weeks anyway. But um, Champions League games were there. Europa okay. League yeah. Games yeah. Were there. Yeah, if we had played, we wouldn't yeah, have lost by that margin, by the way. When you not playing, your uh, memory is uh, becoming a little hazy uh, when you've been knocked out so easily. So, I understand. That's okay. I'll give it to you. After all, um, you have a habit of doing that. So, that's okay. So, shall we talk about the team that actually played and not the team that did not play? Do you think that will be fair? Yeah, go ahead. I know you are waiting to rub this in. <laughs> go ahead. No, no, I'm just uh, like a concerned, you know, football uh, fan, yeah. you know, oh, watching yeah, yeah. that game. Oh, so oh we, yeah. We are talking about the United-Sevilla game, right? So, yeah. what did you think? I mean, uh, just watching the game, I think pe- penalty was obviously, that was coming. I think I said to you before in our previous episode <laughs> that United this year has the record of holding the number, of, I mean, getting the number of penalties. So, no See, surprise. That you can really that you cannot really hold against united if they deserve a penalty they should get it however um, i think where it all fell apart is uh, the way soska read the game i wait do wait, not wait, know wait wait why. let's talk about the penalty for a minute so didn't uh, rashford already take the shot and the challenge came after he had taken the shot like that's what I, I saw. Like he had taken the shot, the keeper saved it, and then the you know the defender you know he couldn't stop his momentum and he kind of crashed into Rashford. It's not about the momentum. The foul, the tackle was started before the shot was made. So if you notice that he went for the slide before the mm-hmm. shot was taken. Yeah, the time he okay. reached Rashford, the shot had been made. Yeah, yeah. So the was this. Like the that point of contact something- was after the shot was made taken. I don't deny, but then the tackle was initiated before the shot was made. And that uh-huh. is what I think is the valid point of giving the penalty. If you actually make the challenge and maybe a split second earlier the, the shot has been taken, the referee would still call back for a foul. Plus, it was, uh, if I'm not wrong, it was almost a studs. It was almost a studs on challenge. Because uh, I think uh, Rashford was uh, yeah, had to resort to his shin guard and then you know get it examined so it, it, it was a pretty rash tackle he could yeah, have yeah. Actually the tackle it. was uh yeah tackle was a tough one it did make like direct contact with the start so definitely that was something that was foul worthy had it been but yeah i mean i anyway so bruno fernandez takes a penalty like he's been doing this season i think 10 out 10 goals he has scored from pens um so it was a good penalty. They after going one nil up, um, where do you think like United kind of failed to take the initiative? I think it was Solskjaer's misreading of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. um, should have made substitutions much earlier. 
and not waited for the second goal to happen and then come in with three substitutions in one shot and uh, you know yeah. the momentum was already on Sevilla's side that time so uh-huh. i think that's where we lost it i mean i, I understand uh, the logic behind it he was probably feeling that he doesn't want to weaken the side or something like that but then yeah. that's where i think you have to give a little more uh, you know confidence to your team to the players on the bench that yeah i count mm-hmm. on you and uh, he mm-hmm. didn't do that he, that was yeah. really really mm-hmm. that was really surprising and shocking i have to say because um, he is he's not usually someone who makes these kind of um again i it may be a little too much for me to call it schoolboy error but then uh, having seen him take united out of tricky situations in other matches i think this was a schoolboy error yeah and uh, does that show like the manager doesn't have faith in all of the players in the squad like maybe yeah, a, except the top level because uh, that was i think a uh, point of discussion that was happening even after the match in the um post match presentation ceremony mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. uh, that probably he doesn't have uh, faith in the other players i mean i i don't deny it to an extent because uh, you really cannot be um i mean you know holding daniel james and marcus rashford in the same uh, um level you know same with uh, an audio nigoro yeah. was uh, maybe a marcus greenwood so uh, greenwood is a kid and he is doing much better than greenwood, what is expected i think uh, with the with the kind of spark that he has shown the confidence yeah. was justified but then at the same time um, if you if we dissect his play it's more mm. about hitting with power so that's what and he's he is fast too uh, right he runs very right. fast as well yeah he is very fast there's no okay so anyway so, yeah. let uh, moving on uh, in the game itself um what did you think about pogba's performance in a, in a, in a big like semi final like this one of I don't want to talk about this one to be honest <laughs> because uh, I really don't know what we are actually doing with him to be honest. So how much did United get him for? Just I really don't know this. And do you know how much did they pay like to get him? 90 million. 90 million. I don't know. I felt like he was dead in the game. I mean he wasn't contributing like whether with it was key passes. It looked like he was not even like energetic on the field. he how many long shots has he taken cuz in juventus i used to recall like pogba used to score so many goals from you know like those 20 30 yard kind of region for united i hardly recall him scoring any from outside the box i don't know i mean i just felt like uh, it was a very disjoint performance for him and i think solskjaer should have taken him off uh, before anything but uh, again i mean i guess he doesn't My- my issue with soskar here is on a couple of uh, ideas one is um, i'm not saying that romero is the best goalkeeper in united mm-hmm. right now but then i was going to say you that actually you have to show faith and yeah. again it's not that dahaya had a very bad performance in the semi final mm-hmm. he, he performed uh, not exactly admirably but then what was asked of him i would say he ticked the boxes 
but um, I felt he should have given uh, Romero the gloves for this match because uh, I, I really don't know and I actually am a little surprised as to how Romero is still sticking on to United even after being you know, uh, moved out of such critical matches despite having played almost the entire season in that tournament for him. So, it's actually a little surprising for me as well as to how uh, he's also staying put. Um, there, there is a news that he might move on as well, but then again, that's something we can talk about later. Yeah, like if you see, like as Romero, I mean, he what he must be feeling about this these decisions, right? Because he is a, you know, good enough keeper who has been in that tournament, who has got the team there till the semi-finals yeah. and you just bench him for De Gea just because you know he's De Gea right <laughs> so yeah that's true that's De Gea is not going to have it easy uh, uh, I'm pretty sure of that next season is not going to be easy for De Gea if this performance continues or rather uh, the, the recent uh, how would I call it the spate of performances that he had if that continues um, he might actually lose it to Henderson yeah, and I think Henderson is a very good keeper. I, I think we all saw it last year in the league uh, for Sheffield United. I think he was really good. So, except the goal that he conceded against Liverpool, where he just, uh, you know, slid the ball under his legs. I, I guess United keepers just have that, you know, like extra nerves when they yeah, face Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> but uh, Coming back to the... So, who is this no, guy, Williams? you will meet your maker. I can assure you of that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, next season, we'll be in the bottom of the league, obviously. I, I'm not even expecting anything. We are a very bad team. I'm pretty sure we won't do that well. <laughs> but now you're I'm, just uh, trying to... You know. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's fair, right? You see the league, like Chelsea is going crazy. Anyway, we're going to discuss and, you know, cover the next season when we have our episodes next month. But uh, who is this guy Williams uh, in right back? Like he was diving all over the pitch. He was like complaining about fouls. I'm sure this is a young guy, but do you know anything about him? Like uh, is this his first like full debut or has he played before? Brandon Williams has been, uh, if I'm not wrong, he's been in the squad for quite some time. He, he did okay. sign a contract, a uh, new contract with United a few days back. Just mm-hmm. In fact, just before the Europa League started, he uh, signed a new contract. He's uh, he's actually a product of the academy. Um, I would say it was a little bit of a luck for him because uh, Shaw got injured. And um, Shaw was ideally supposed to be in that position. Uh, but unfortunately, the injury, I think, that came up in the ending stages of the Premier League, that's when uh, Brandon Williams came into the picture. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I would say I would say it's promising. Again, he's he's got some time to, you know, build on himself for sure. Mm-hmm. Because after all, he's just 19. So, uh, that's okay. Um, yeah, no, no, I was just curious. I mean, he was genuine, there were a few genuine fouls that were not given. So, I don't see any reason uh, for him not to complain. Um, no, I just noticed moves. like as a like um, when I was watching the game, I think I I just noticed him like, but yeah, nothing wrong in it. I'm just uh, curious like maybe he's someone that United can look forward to in the future, probably develop um, 
from the academy uh now let's go to the main mainstay of your defense uh the captain uh i think i sent you a meme as well like he invented the no look defense on that night mr harry maguire so what did you think of harry maguire looking the other way when the ball just passed him <laughs> on his right see, side and just looking the other way see uh, moments of madness can happen and aren't you enraged like i would be enraged i mean uh, honestly i mean if this was like i was enraged back in 2010 when used we used to have defenders like that and uh, i used to be like wow i mean we are not getting close to anything with these players aren't you like questioning that or you're like just uh, happy or you have faith in ole and he's doing the right things by giving captaincy to maguire and stuff like that well captaincy to maguire even i don't agree because uh, mm-hmm. there are many more senior players in the team who could have got the armband like for who? sure well uh, i i know he's fallen on the fringe right now but uh, my first choice would be juan mata okay mata doesn't even get to play so exactly he's he's on the fringe right now that's that's what i'm saying mm-hmm. but uh, in my honest opinion i think in terms of seniority in terms mm-hmm. of the contributions that a player that a player has had to the club so far okay. i think mata is definitely one of them again we spoke of this earlier as well daher also is one of the other candidates who can uh who, yeah. who, who can be given the captain's armband but he proved uh, us wrong royally in the recent <laughs> weeks so. well again um, deha has had a history of you know come making comebacks after That's... having had a bad uh, season or something so i will not hold it against him too much and for too long as well i'm okay. pretty sure next season he's not going to give it up that easily for okay. sure you still have faith in him but you just said dean henderson yeah, could it. replace him you see uh you know you need to have faith in quality we okay. um, mm-hmm. again that is something that i think sochkar is not really um, having right now in his head maybe but mm-hmm. definitely you need to have faith in quality and there's no denying i think even a, only a fool will deny that deher mm-hmm. doesn't have quality roy keen uh, in his interview has said like he would not even allow dagea in the team bus and he would i mean Joaquin, punch uh, him no 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 offense to him <laughs> uh, he is very polarized on his views yeah that doesn't but saying. he does know the game though i mean you can't deny that he, he I mean, does know the game no doubt uh, yeah. again not denying that aspect and again with all respect to him he's one of he's one of the most revered right. uh, forward players so mm-hmm. absolutely no offense uh, meant for him but uh, he he has been a bit polarized in his views most of the time so right. i will not actually go too deep into his uh, comments then you should then have a look at how what sir eric cantona does the comments that he makes is even more polarizing yeah. and controversial so that's okay that's um, but uh, their opinion um, fair enough but going back to the captaincy debate like you just said like uh, two names mata who doesn't get games dagea who is on shaking ground so does that uh, highlight a bigger problem like the lack of leaders in that dressing room like like we are not able to find like you know a suitable replacement for maguire or who can take the armband if maguire is not the suitable captain is that something See, ole maguire, is also facing uh, yeah with the current situation of maguire 
again it has to be uh, let's not forget the you know the bedrock principle of um, any kind of criminal justice they are innocent till they are proven guilty are you talking about the arrest uh, recently in greece where got yes, arrested mm-hmm. it okay. hasn't been proven completely he has pleaded not guilty so till that happens i don't think it is fair for us to make any judgments on I don't know. I mean, I feel like uh, it's a good opportunity after the season that Bruno Fernandes has had uh, since he has come in. It's been very uh, short but big impact, I feel. I mean, if I compare him to Pogba... No, but, uh, I, I, don't think I don't think we should hand the captaincy to Bruno Fernandes right now. It's too early for that. Uh, maybe uh, after maybe one more season... Mm-hmm. Would be the right time. It's, okay. Uh, not right now. Yeah, like they gave the hand the captaincy to a new guy, but not the seniors that's in the team. Um, not the but seniors, it's like it's just that you have a better player, it's, you just give it to them. That's not the way how it works. But even like Pogba has captain for France, he has captain for Juventus. I think he has a leadership quality. I, he used to have it, but looks like I, I think he has captain. United as well. In a few matches, if I recall correctly, he has captained United. Uh, mm. He can be a potential uh, captaincy candidate as well, given that he has a significant number of years with United now as well, uh, both pre and post Juventus. Yeah, he so, has probably played for the club for what four or five. He was an academy player, so that so itself goes that along is also with that. And uh, who knows? Uh, I mean, I don't know if. Um, Soskar is actually considering it. Maybe that could be the turnaround for Pogba's performances. Mm. Again, we are talking about too much of the... I mean, we're speculating too much. We have had other games as well. Let's move ahead. I think we have uh, we have spent enough time ostracizing United. Yeah, let's talk a bit about uh, Sevilla and Inter Milan and uh, all that happened in the final, leading up to the final in our next segment. The Europa League final was really interesting. I wasn't expecting it to be so, like, you know, closely fought contest, to be honest. Or I was at least hoping, like, it'll be, a, like, a cagey affair. Like, maybe nil-nil or one-all or something. But it was end-to-end, especially the first half. Um, poor Lukaku. He, he got them, he scored the penalty. He got them one-nil up. He had a decent game. But if he had let that ball go... Uh, from Diego Carlos that wasn't going in that was gonna go out and he just stuck his foot and (laughs) it was an own goal such a cruel game and he was so pissed off he didn't even come uh, you know in the presentation like he didn't show any respect to Sevilla when they were bringing you know he he was really pissed off obviously they wanted to win this uh, championship not only that they should have won it as well I mean they were easily the strongest side and, oh, yeah, uh, the way they practice side Shakhtar, it was, uh, I mean, I think everyone were having their odds firmly in Inter's favor. So it was really surprising as to how how this actually happened. I mean, I was shocked on seeing the score because I, honestly, I, I couldn't bear to watch another semi-final after the first one or any match for Europa League for that matter. <laughs> No, for I mean uh, they were good 
uh, but Sevilla just uh, I don't know what is it with Europa League and Sevilla they just turn up and win the competition that's all they do like they have won I think Europa you know, League kind of a, this one romance I think with the European Championships take Real Madrid for example for the Champions League same Sevilla for the Europa League so maybe it's something to do with the Spanish clubs yeah but Sevilla's dominance has been very recent I think in the last cup like decade or two is when they have won it six times None well Real Madrid that. Fan, uh, talking in the 1980s also could say the same yeah so, true <laughs> it's not really a surprise. True, uh, yeah. You know, it's just that the team has probably gained a lot of experience in the last few years, and they are just they are just too good in that particular type of competition. Maybe no, but the way the mentality of the club as well has changed that way. Yeah, so, but the difference between a Madrid and a Sevilla is much bigger than a difference between oh, a. I'm not comparing the quality oh, at all. Milan and a. No comparison to a Madrid. Yeah. But uh, just, I mean, you know, serial winners. So taking that comparison part. True, true. And again, like, Madrid has also been, uh, Madrid has also been pretty dominant in the last few seasons of the Champions League, having the hat trick, if you recall. Yeah, uh, absolutely. In 2015. So uh, Madrid has also been pretty dominant that way. Um, yeah, Sevilla. I, I I didn't expect it to. Uh, I I didn't expect them to win, honestly. But maybe you know, even higher powers wanted them to actually, you know, go through. So mm-hmm. an own goal is what. Yeah, and it felt like destined. I mean, if it wasn't the own goal, they would have probably scored somehow or gone to penalties and won it. I mean, it looked like it was their night. It's like sometimes you know there is a team that. No matter what you do, they somehow come up against. They somehow come up against the odds and. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a strange one, but I mean, uh, credit uh, to Luke De Jong uh, for scoring those goals. I mean, he's what 34, 35. Is is almost to towards the end of his career, and to come up with two goals on the night of final. I think his header was brilliantly placed. I don't think he could have even placed it so well had he had known that he had to score it that way but it just worked on the night Uh, what about Conte so he's I think I really like his management he he is going to stay for sure he should stay as well that's what I think Mm, yeah Uh, no mean feat see um, with no disrespect meant to Europa League um, guiding any team to a final mm-hmm. of any club competition is not a mean feat at all. So um, he he should take credit for what Inter have uh, you know managed to achieve this season. Yeah, I know they should have had the the winners medal in the Europa League, but still I think he has enough in him to go on for a few years to make Inter come back to. The days when Figo used to play for the club, because I recall that time Inter Milan was a real, real strong uh, opposition in Europe, for sure. I mean, um, even this team is pretty strong, right? You have Lukaku, yeah, Sanchez, Eriksson. It was just, you know, uh, maybe that one night that they that was the odds were not in their favor. 
Right. Log averages coming up against them, all of that. I think it was just that that unfortunate match. But you know, as a uh, forward, I feel like Lukaku is so gifted. Like he's so like well built, and he sprints really fast for his build. You know, he is quite fast, and he has a good yeah, he, shot. So why did United let him go? I have no clue. Do with someone like that. United, honestly, it's becoming a bit of a puzzle right now because mm-hmm. uh, we felt that Zlatan was supposed to be the one changing the fortunes, but. Even he was a hit and a miss situation. So they he let thought, uh, Lukaku leave and they got Igalo. I thought we were talking about Inter Milan right now. No, the, uh, in, Lukaku is an Inter Milan player. I'm just trying to understand why this, they have so... Like, what is the... Like, is it an attitude problem or is something like... Like, they didn't get a replacement yet for him. I really cannot say if it was an attitude problem, but... Um, the expectation that you know a player is dumped with when they join United right now is that you will turn around the club, and right. anything less that is not acceptable. Acceptable. I think that is something that is weighing down maybe all the players that have come through in the last few years. Uh, Bruno Fernandez is probably one exception, where mm-hmm. he has actually managed to do something of that sort. Yeah, he's uh, he is a great, great uh, penalty taker. No doubt about it. His penalties are the, and the hop that he does before he takes the pens. I think I've, I think I've seen it for the first time. Do you recall any other player taking a hop like that? Have you seen that? Like he, he gives a short jump before he takes the shot. Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho. Okay. Yeah, but Ronaldinho was mad genius, man. That was. <laughs> So, I think enough of Europa League. Uh, it's done and dusted. Congratulations to Sevilla. I think we should not play or bother playing those games uh, anymore next season. Just hand like them the Sevilla, trophy. It's like Sevilla is the CSK <laughs> of the Europa League. Yeah, you could it's say that. <laughs> so, moving on. Uh, in our last segment, where we are going to debate on the baller of the week that was. So... You start. What are your nominations? Go. Well, uh, my nominations is definitely Serge Gnabry. Uh-huh. One of yeah. them for sure. Absolutely. Because uh, the way he played in the semi in the semi-final, I was, and I'm pretty sure uh, that's not that's the least of what we have seen. I think mm-hmm. Arsene Wenger has gone ahead to say that I knew that he would become a star. Uh, which mm-hmm. again brings to the question, why did they let him sell? Yeah, for five why million. They, why did they sell Ganabri in the first place? And especially if Wenger now claims that he knew, uh, yeah, he can always go ahead and claim that he knew that the uh, moon was the only uh, satellite of Earth. He can always say that. No, but uh, Wenger but as, a, as a manager, Wenger had this vision and I think very rarely he was wrong. Of course, I mean, that's why they were so successful under him. Then, uh, given that he is, I think fair to say he is the most successful manager of Arsenal till date. Of course. So, who is your next? Uh, do you have one more, or you think Gnabry is should be the baller of the week? Luke Dion. Luke Dion. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I you stole my uh, the name, the player I had in my mind, and that was Luke Dion. I think scored twice in that final. Uh, you know, starting a comeback. 
for Sevilla. The whole point is the scoring in a final, no matter which tournament yeah. is it. You need to have quality, otherwise you cannot really perform. So, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, he scored twice. He was the man of the match. And uh, I think there was a performance, I think. Uh, and he wasn't even starting for Sevilla for the last... Uh, if you see Europa League and even in general, he has been a fringe player for Sevilla. He hasn't been starting that many games. Um, but again, I think he surprised everyone and he turned up when it was required. So yeah, Luke de Jong should be the baller of the week. And with that, we have come to an end of another episode. So thanks for your time. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, do subscribe to us if you like what we are uh, discussing. Uh, we will be looking forward to talking to you again regarding the Champions League final, some other sporting events like the CPL, IPL coming forward in the next few weeks. And uh, hopefully my friend will be happy with just the Community Shield victory next week. So <laughs> looking forward to talk to uh, we'll about. We'll see, we'll see. We'll see.